Sometimes at three in the morning when I'm thinking about basketball instead of sleeping because I'm a sociopath. See, because this is like my problem with relationships. Like first month or whatever goes great and then they realize there's no deeper level to me. Because, you know, they're actors, they're barely people. I'm not like you, I can't just jump around to teams. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a basketball junkie just trying to get another fix, okay? Looking back, Jim's kind of a... I should just record everything I say. Welcome to I've Heard It Both Ways. It's a meditation ain't working. Swear I'm about to lose it I'm caught up in my cranium It's got me feeling quite clueless There's some meditation ain't working Swear I'm about to lose it Oh, Canada! You thought you had a championship. Psych! <laughs> oh, man. This is was, what I don't understand about... That was exhilarating. ...people who cheer for the Warriors, like... The arrogance of the Warriors that, like, they review two calls and they were still arguing about the calls. Okay, first after. of all, first of all, the DeMarcus Cousins, that should have counted. I mean, it, there's two of the three views looks pretty good, but one didn't. So, by the rule, it didn't look like it was in. Okay, I'm man, fine with that. Anyone and then he was also, also the blatant goaltending. And he's like, that's ridiculous. He's like, I got it. I got it. Oh, yeah, that was that was bad. And but he was still complaining about it. Yeah, you know, you're right. That The goaltending was definitely bad. But guess what? Welcome to the NBA of 2019. It's ridiculous. I didn't see any of the Raptors do that. Well, okay, I didn't see Kawhi you were, do that. You were looking through purple. Kawhi doesn't say anything to anyone. You were looking through purple and red and black tinted lenses. But when Kawhi, when Kawhi went off and... Um, scored 10 straight. Yeah, he scored the last of whatever, however many that was. Uh, I you know I texted some people. I was like, oh, it's over. Like, damn it, it's over. Uh, because it just it, you you could like the all the emotion in the building, all the momentum, just everything was like on the Raptor side. Just the the inevitability of Kawhi, Kawhi being what we thought the White Walkers should have been in Game of Thrones, um, not what they turned into, obviously. It just like it just had that feeling. It was like, well, it's not the Warriors' year. All dynasties come to an end. Kawhi ends dynasties apparently, and that's the world we live in now. But it didn't happen. We get more basketball, so you should be happy. You should be grateful. Why? Because I don't. I have to deal with freaking warriors another day. <laughs> do you do you want do you want to just look forward to only a summer of piss poor Red Sox baseball? Because once basketball is over, that's all there is until the football starts. I'm I'm like a basketball What's... junkie just trying to get another fix. Okay, and I also want the Warriors to win, so I'm doubly excited. <laughs> I this is the first time I've seen you wear a Warriors jersey. To this establishment, and I'm really disappointed in you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I own, I think I own four Raptors jerseys. I think I have... I think I have we'll better get rid of those. I have three Warriors jerseys, I think. I have Steph Curry rookie jersey. I have a, a Tim Hardaway run TMC era jersey. I'm wearing the Anton Jameson with the lightning bolt on it. Is it just those three? Yeah, it's just those three. But, hey, it's just hey. basketball's fun, okay? <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> So, actually, like, going in this game, you kind of had the feeling that the Warriors were going to win. Like, even before KD was announced that he was going to play or not play, it didn't really matter. Just because all the pressure was on um, Toronto to win that game, or everyone kind of expected Toronto to win that game, close it at home. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Toronto doesn't perform those situations. They play better when they aren't expected to win. Exactly. So, I think they're going to have, like, the the scrappy underdog role. Yeah, and they're going to play better in Golden State. The pressure shifts back to Golden State because even though Golden State was on the brink of elimination, they were kind of, oh, they'd already weathered the storm of it's over type of thing. And they're like, let's play with house money. 
Um, but I, they're still kind of playing against that because they know they won't have, I'm, you know, I feel like Katie's done for yeah. the rest of the series, obviously, and they're still down three, two, you still got to win. I mean, they're in the middle of trying to win three games in a row. So they're still kind of playing with house money to me, it feels like. Yeah. But when you listen to everyone tomorrow, I guess it'll be today when this is released, everyone's gonna be like, okay, the Warriors are going to come back and win this in seven type of thing. I feel like that's going to still be the narrative. See, but I, also, I think people are going to look at because you got to look at how the Raptors, A, they were so close, and B, they shot like, I don't know, I don't have the percentages in front of me, but they shot a terrible percentage from three. So at the same time, they got to be looking at it as like, well, we, the Raptors should have had it, and so they'll go, they'll just finish it off in six. I think you're right that the media narrative will just take off with whatever they think sells because that's what they do. But people who actually know what they're talking about will look at it from your perspective more. The funniest thing for me from coming out of game, what was this, game five? Uh, I thought that KD going out like the way he did was actually kind of perfect for the Warriors just because he gave him a spark at the beginning. And I think just being able to have him on the floor and play like the way they've played for most of the season, I think that kind of got them their mojo back. And then that will allow them to play and, and you know have the lead for most of the game. And then they hung on there at the end, obviously. But just having KD in there just long enough to be like, okay, we can play with these guys. Then once KD went out, it was like, you know what? We don't care. Like We can hang with them. We can beat these guys. Yeah, see, I don't know what the decision process for um, KD was in playing in this game. Best case scenario is he plays amazing for the full game. They come back and win the series, and he's deemed... The savior of the Bay. Yeah. Which would be the crappiest title ever. (laughs) Option two, he gets re-injured, which is what happened. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. playing great, and then gets re-injured. And so that's a negative impact. Option three, he he doesn't play well at all, and... Then all of a sudden, it's like, well, what was the point of even having him play? Well, I think he wouldn't have played if they had gotten a split at Oracle. But the fact that they had lost both games in Oracle and it was kind of like panic mode for the Warriors, yeah. I think that's why he played. Someone said something that's a really specific source. But they said KD wasn't going to play unless he was like 80, 100%. Obviously, he wasn't just by doing a little cut and he was out or re-injured it looking on the other side if kd didn't play if the the only thing that's negative is if they the warriors come back without him which is honestly what i would have loved to see happen but if he didn't play in game five then he he would still be able to control that narrative while if he did play in game five and he played crappy and they still won they're like we don't really need him type of thing so uh, I, you lost me, but then you got me back. you got me back at the end. For the best case scenario for KD, honestly, I think would be to have the Warriors lose in five and like see they were nothing without yeah, me. And exactly. I'll, I'll see you in New York, but um, you know if they do come back in with Adam, that's going to be for a dude who's so sensitive about his like his legacy and the perception or the perception of him from people around the league. It's going to be really fun to see. In fact, that's another reason I want to see the Warriors win without KD, just because I want to watch him fight 12-year-olds on the internet again, because that was one of my favorite things last summer, was KD battling the trolls in stealth mode. (laughs) But see, he went anti-KD and played in Game 5, which is kind of the opposite of what you'd expect from him for Uh, his legacy. Like I said, because I kind of, I think we're going to go inside the mind of Kevin Durant, (laughs) 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 brought to you by Madden NFL 2000, whatever. Greg Jennings. Uh, I think he wanted to come back and like be the savior and justified the whole move to Golden State because you know he's taken copious amounts of crap for that ever since, right? Yeah. So I think he wanted to come back and say, "Lo, see, they couldn't have done it without me. I joined. I, yeah, I joined a 73 win team, but they were just a good team without me. Now they're unbeatable or whatever. Now yeah. we are unbeatable." I was this close to making the argument like two minutes 
before the end of regulation. I was preparing my argument on how the Warriors would have lost if Kawhi played in the Spurs series <laughs> because I would have been right. Because <laughs> he at that stage in the game, he had just scored like 10 straight points, and it was looking wonderful. And then they started doubling him and forced Kyle Lowry to be the... Kyle Lowry well, got three great looks that he missed all of them. Yeah, that's because Kyle Lowry sucks. Uh, I, were, I would rather have Fred Van Vliet shoot. Van, uh, Van Vliet has made so many clutch shots. I know, he's it's, a big-time shooter. And I'm, I'm happy for him because we've loved Fred Van Vliet ever since the Wichita State days. So looking in the Game 5, what worked for the Warriors that they need to replicate? Uh, they need to not turn the ball over. That has been a big problem, I feel like, coming into the series. And I don't have the numbers in front of me once again. But I feel like I just their passing and everything seemed a little bit more crisp this game. Um, it helped that the, the Raptors just shot terribly from the three and the Warriors shot really well from three. But you can't say it's ever really a surprise when the Warriors shoot well from three because they're a good three-point shooting team. Yeah. And then one thing I thought they did well was they left, they left Siakam open on the perimeter and then used that extra defender to clog the lane. Especially on like pick and roll situations, because what a lot of times the the roll man on the pick and roll has just been able to dive in the middle of the floor with nobody around him, and so they took whoever was on Siakam and then just stuck him in the lane basically and said Siakam go ahead and shoot from three if you want to we'll, we're okay with that yeah and if you look back to our finals preview guess whose strategy that was for the Warriors probably mine <laughs> <laughs> just kidding I'm sure it was well that was more coming off of how they should defend Kawhi but you're you're also okay, I will still concede this point. You need this right now more than I do. Oh my gosh. I'm on cloud 9 and you're you're down in the dumps. Well, if here's the one silver line to the Warriors winning. If we go back to our preseason predictions, I was the only one that had the Warriors Raptors finals and I did have the Warriors winning. So there you go. that'll make me feel Actually, I I want to be wrong. I have no reason <laughs> to be right. I'm Okay, well there's your first mistake. You pick a hill and you die on it. <laughs> If I can exactly. teach you nothing else, it's and that. I, I'm dying on Kawhi's going to stay in Toronto and Kyrie's going to Brooklyn. And those are both shaping up rather beautifully. I'll yeah, die on those hills. Yeah. Yeah. Kendall's, Kendall's smarter than me. I, I can readily admit that, which I'm just is weird. a great, great guesser. Street smart. Street smarts. <laughs> Not analytically, but that's fine. Hey, so uh, was it David West? I think he tweeted, don't stop letting nerds tell you how to play basketball or something. Or it might have been Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> That's a weird story. Like, why does why is Kendrick Perkins all of a sudden like a a big voice in the NBA fan community? Kendrick Perkins is not a good basketball player, and he's nothing special as an analyst. I'm like, why is this guy doing ESPN pregames now? It's because he'll say <laughs> he'll just say things he'll that say are out there. I see. I haven't really paid attention to him because yeah. I I got well, liked Kendrick Perkins just because I love those big three Celtics teams. But looking at Kendrick Perkins objectively is a, it's like a man who couldn't make a two footer and would get played off the floor in today's NBA. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I know he was on a lot of Fox shows for a little while there. Hmm. That's kind of where he got his run, and then now he's kind of all over the place. Well, I just there's this video I've seen on Twitter. Uh, it's like warm ups. I think it was when he's on the cat. It was he, he, no, maybe been on the Thunder. Doesn't matter. Um, they're doing warm ups, and he has the ball on the block. He take does like a little drop step into the lane. He's like a foot and a half away from the basket and misses it off the front of the rim. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's the Kendrick Perkins experience right there. <laughs> and speaking of being on TV, like Kendrick Perkins is, you know how they've they've you've seen the promos for Steph Curry's new game show or whatever. Yeah. Why is it that like every NBA star has to have a TV show now? Because LeBron oh. has the shop or whatever. KD has the boardroom. Well, Le- LeBron has the one game show too. 
Oh, that's true. Like, like the million dollar, million dollar mile or, or whatever. Yeah, mile. Which actually doesn't look terrible. I haven't, I don't know. Is it even on yet? Whatever. It doesn't I matter. I have no idea. <laughs> and then Steph Curry, like Steph Curry's looks okay, but I'm just like, why do all these NBA players make TV shows? I mean, they're just trying to expand their brand and make more money, I yeah, guess. Exactly. But like, I don't see that it's a Steph Curry or LeBron show and think, oh, I want to watch that more now. And not just because I don't like LeBron, but like I like Curry. So you would think like, oh, Curry made it. I'll watch it. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to watch people play mini golf on TV. Yeah, exactly. And they need to think of a better name than Holy Moly. That's yeah, the that's worst bad. Name that's ever. that's bad. That's and it's not like good bad because like I saw yeah. I saw Venom the other day and Venom was like good bad. Okay. Although Tom Hardy, like I love Tom Hardy in that movie, but I also hate Tom Hardy in that movie because his voice is like it vacillates between normal and super weird and annoying. All right. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Uh, highly recommend you watch it at least once. Probably never again, but at least once. Okay. I could have Thursday night, but now I have to watch game freaking six. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you <laughs> complaining about having to watch basketball? Is that is that where we're at now? No, I'm complaining about the jeopardy of having to deal with another Warriors championship summer. <laughs> I have to stress about this for the, another few days, and I'm really sick of it. Like, I'm losing my hair at this point. I, I can't afford any more stress. <laughs> I can't. I could argue against that, but I won't. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, and the other thing with Steph Curry, thinks you can only handle Rob Riggle in small, small oh, doses. Yeah. And like, if he's like the host or whatever, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be terrible. Do, do you remember he was the, uh, like the host? Not, not even the host, but he was part of that like pregame skit they had at the All Star Game, I think last season. And it was some of the worst television I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like get this dude out of here. I go cannot well, stand Rob. Riggle. Even um. Was it Fox? They do like the little thirty-minute or uh, like one-minute Rob Riggle pick thing. Oh, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, like, they're just bad, hearing about it makes me angry. Yeah, they're bad, and I mean, he gets about a minute, minute and a half airtime, and Ooh, that's just, about that's about all you can handle. Just saw this on Twitter. Kevin Durant has an Achilles injury now. It's not a calf anymore. Not great. For that's them. not, not great for the Knicks. <laughs> I'm annoyed. I I want the Knicks. I want the Knicks to be bad in in perpetuity, though. I'm not gonna lie. Like I want the Knicks to suck forever. All right. Because Knicks fans I are don't. just Knicks fans are just so annoying. Like they're just so sure they're just gonna jump into dynasty status. And like being a fan of a small market team, like that's not fair. You don't get to do that. And honestly, I don't think they will. You don't get to suck for 20 years, do everything wrong for 20 years. And I realize it's not Knicks fans' fault, but it's your team, so I'm blaming you. You don't get to suck for 20 years and then just jumpstart a dynasty like that. That's, that's like right. some Cleveland Cavaliers BS. <laughs> and that's why the Raptors need to win because then they can save the freaking NBA. Because they made trades at the deadline and last offseason in order to go into win-now mode instead of just accru- accruing um, draft picks and free agents. All right, that's a decent plan. Mm-hmm. Or a decent decent take, I should say. Yeah. So the Jazz, the Jazz need to... Make a huge offer for Anthony Davis, rent him for a year, and try and win a championship like yeah. the Raptors this year. Yeah, that actually did occur to me during the week, and I was I was very proud of my. Yeah, I knew you would be in. proud of me for that, <laughs> for that take. Go all in. I mean, there's no time like the present. Can't argue. Building for can't. the fu- building for the future is just this abstract thing, like Utah basketball, for example. Oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> We're always three years away from a Final Four. <laughs> And you're farther, just, you're farther than that. Don't worry. No, see, and here's the thing. <laughs> Last year we were three years away because we had eight freshmen, and then we just lost our best player. 
Well, it was the dude who declared for the draft and then decided not to, and then now he's taking leave of absence. What's his name? Yeah, Donnie Tillman. Okay, anyways. So uh, and now he's going to, like, his mother's sick, so you can't fault him for, oh, yeah, no, no. for that. Um, but now they are going to have 10 freshmen on their roster. That's wild. I, and that's crazy. And under Kostowiak, uh, I bet four of them will transfer before. Exactly. In the next two years. And that's Utah's biggest thing is they can't keep any of their talent. So well, I'm going to break it to you. Utah sucks. <laughs> that's why people transfer. <laughs> and that's why. Just, just kidding. Utah's a good school. I went there for a little while. <laughs> Likes it better than BYU. I certainly did. Anyway. But here's the point is. They they grab talent, but then they can never develop it. And if they do, they'll just leave. And it's not to the NBA. It's to another school. Like Jace Johnson, who they've been developing for the last three years, just transferred to Marquette. Well, then they have like four guys transferred to Iowa State a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they were all good and players. And they were all good. Like, but at that stage, yeah, I mean, they were bad. So now they're more on the upswing type of thing, and they're getting quality talent. They just can't keep it. So three years left, and we'll see if. Chris Koviak has a job because he shouldn't if they can't keep these 10 freshmen together. Or he's got to take like a 60% pay cut. Yeah, because he's like number... We've talked we've about it. We've talked about it. Yeah. He's, he's like number f- the fifth highest paid coach. I When you talk about being three years away, I I look at the... And how... Let me back up. Talk about how building for the future is bad. Uh, look at the Celtics because the Celtics <laughs> have had like... Okay, the Celtics have this... They call it the war chest. Danny Ainge's war chest of young players and draft picks. And... It's like okay, you look at the Nets. The net that war chest was able, was assembled on the suffering of the Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> and the Nets were almost as good as the Celtics this year. Yeah, and so just po- if your places like you're playing poker, just push all your chips into the middle, flip up your sunglasses, and just go for it. And that looks like what Brooklyn's gonna do. And I think Brooklyn probably has just as good a chance playing KD as New York does, just because they cleared the space for. Well, it's, it's, people it's interesting like, because people are saying like why like you know the Knicks are such a bigger brand than the Nets so like way more star power if you go to the Knicks but if I'm like Kyrie or KD like you don't really need any more star power yeah do you I, I mean, mean you're still if you resurrect right the there. Knicks like yeah I guess that's cool but like if you go to the Nets like you'll be on a team with a good infrastructure like who's on the Knicks that you want to play with right now like Kevin Knox and I know Mitchell Robinson really like no led the league in blocks, but he's not really good for anything else. Like Frank Frankie Smokes, Frankie Nicotine, whatever his <laughs> name is. I, I and, don't want to play with him. Yeah, and like if you look at Brooklyn, they're actually built. They have quality players. Spencer Dinwiddie, love him. Jared Allen, and that's why the Raptors need to win so that teams go more all in. Like the Celtics may finally. Trade for Anthony Davis with all those picks and assets Doubt and it. get a player. Doubt it. I mean, if you win one championship, how long does that give you before you have to win the next championship type of thing? Actually, that's something I've been wanting to talk about for a while. I think we might have to save that for another podcast, but just the, the shelf life of a championship. Yeah. Well, so tune in sometime and probably after the finals, we'll talk about that. All right, that's all our... NBA Finals coverage for now. Uh, we had a a suggestion that we should talk about more college baseball, and appreciate the suggestion, but trade declined. <laughs> we politely salary issues. we politely declined. I've I've never like, I love college football, love college basketball, I love baseball, pro baseball, but I've never been able to get myself to care about college baseball, and like I don't I don't know why because like there's a lot of offense usually, and they use metal yeah. bats, which is terrifying. 
Like, cause some of these guys are gonna go to the pros, so you're giving professional baseball players basically metal bats. Like, it's a wonder someone doesn't die every week. Well, here's the one thing: is you're not gonna hear about any of those college baseball players until like five years from that's, now. Too. You know what? That's probably the biggest problem. Plus, cause like, and you've got guys like Mike Trout. Like, I remember Mike Trout and Bryce Harper were super hyped up when they got drafted, but they came straight out of high school, so. It was like there was no point. There was no college to follow them through. Also, it's hard to take a tournament seriously where you can lose and still win the championship. Yeah, I don't like. I don't even know how the format works. They have like the the super regional or the regionals or whatever. And it's like you play like several series or there, maybe there's a losers bracket. Yeah, well, or, no, like as a as a bracketologist, it's very intriguing. Okay, um, just in, just like out of from lose, a pure. And then you come down, and then you can get back up type of thing. I'll be honest. I have spent time like staring at like just you just Google like bracket setup and just look at all these different bracket setups and it yeah. is it is pretty pretty entertaining and that that is the one thing that i just do big east. i just fill out fill out brackets with big east teams <laughs> in my head and that is what that's probably the most exciting part about college world series i do not care his plan i just like to see the weirdest possible route you could still win the championship well i feel like highlights and stuff and like it like there's way more energy than like a regular mlb game but yeah I just I just can't get myself to care. I, we will shout out uh, this dude named, his name is like Kumar Rocker or something like that. The guy that like he had a 19 strikeout no hitter. So pretty crazy. impressive. Yeah, I do remember seeing that. Pretty dang impressive, but guess what? Perfect games are better. <laughs> no hitters don't, I mean, no hitters are like, yeah, that's cool, but you still allowed base runners. You can exactly. pitch a no hitter and lose. You can't pitch a perfect game and lose. So do better next time, Kumar. <laughs> but in the metal bat era, we'll, we'll give it to him. That's true. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That is true. Because you barely have to touch the baseball with how hard they're probably throwing it, and it's going to go over the fence. Oh, yeah. It's just like, that's got to be a health risk. I'm surprised we don't have college baseball players getting killed like left and right, mostly pitchers. I mean, I guess that is one of the exciting part is you see any highlight you see of college baseball, it's always someone like diving over a broken uh, fence and just <laughs> either obliterating the fence and themselves or just themselves. And Fair those enough. are always kind of... Those are sports center top ten plays. That's true. So we we yeah we we appreciate uh, college baseball, but it's just not our cup, not our brand of vodka. Other elsewhere in baseball, so the Red Sox had a, a four game series with the Rays, which went poorly as the Red Sox season has gone. Um, and the Rays were trash talking on Twitter. Like somebody replied to the Rays about something. I don't know what. It was a Red Sox fan, and then the Rays replied back like, "Well, legend has it the Red Sox didn't win a championship for eighty six years. Uh, we've only been around for twenty one." Or whatever. And I was like, what? You, okay, so in the 21 years the Rays have been around, the Red Sox have four championships. <laughs> like, is, how is that good trash talk? It's like, well, we haven't been around as long, so that's why we don't have championships. Like, okay, we have four championships since you've been in the league. You've made the playoffs four times. So I don't know. Like, the Rays Twitter intern probably thought he got, he got a zinger off, and I'm here to tell you he did not. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm biased because I, I, I love the Red Sox more than anyone should love anything, but... Just like you gotta admit, that's a, that's bad trash talk, right? That is. I mean, that's when you don't have an argument and you're just pulling stuff out. Of- like, because like, you know, I hate the Yankees. I, I I hate the Yankees so much that it's unhealthy. But you have to at least like respect the prestige, right? With the Rays, it's like, who the hell are you? Where do you, do you play baseball? Do you, do you like sports? Where do you go to school? That's like, you know, I don't have to take trash talk from the Rays. I don't hate the Rays because they're not worth hating. They're just annoying. Can't take them seriously with an indoor. Um, what's a stadium? And, yo, I've been yeah, I've been to Tropicana Field. It's uh, it's it's sad and depressing, much like Rays baseball. The Ray tank out in like right center field is cool. They do have it covered with netting so that the Rays don't get you know killed by a stray stray home run. But other than that, there's really 
There's really not a lot to see out there. Nice beaches, though. Best beach I've ever been to was in Tampa Bay. All right, hopping around into the other parts of the sports world that we don't talk about very much. Uh, Stanley Cup final, going to a game seven. And I've seen... Go Bruins. I've seen uh, some little back and forth between... What's his name? John is it Krasinski from The Office. Yeah. And Jenna Fisher... Because I think Jenna Fisher is from St. Okay, Louis, yeah. Pam, and you know she's going for the Blues, and John Krasinski, I guess, is from Boston, going for the Bruins. Um, and I just my my only Office take, like I like the Office, I don't like the Office, like everyone else loves the Office. My only take is that Karen is so much better than Pam, <laughs> and Jim just blew that one. I don't know. Karen was a little psycho. It's okay. Like she, wanted- I, don't, I don't mind a little crazy. <laughs> She wanted to change Jim. See, now I'm caught in a rock between a rock and a hard <laughs> place because I either have to trash on Jim, which is not something I enjoy doing, or I have to admit I'm wrong, which I, mean, I also hate. Looking back, Jim's kind of a dick. <laughs> I mean, there's no real way around that. I, I think one of my favorite episodes is the one where um, it's, what's his name, uh, Roy? Yeah. So it's like Roy's wedding or whatever, and Pam shows up, and he, he plays the piano, and Pam's like, what the heck? <laughs> like, I might have screwed up. I'm like, yes, Pam, you suck. <laughs> Like, no, no offense to Jenna Fisher, but, like, I'm just enjoying... I see her as Pam, not as a real person, because, you know, they're actors. They're bar- barely people. <laughs> <laughs> Where do circus people go when they die? <laughs> like, they have souls. Uh, anyways, so when I see that, and she's like... She said something about how when they were filming The Office, Boston won several championships against St. Louis. Uh, and she's like, now it's my turn. I'm like, eh, nope, you don't get a turn. Does the hockey championship really count for a city? Uh, to me, it's like the lowest championship you can win. I think it's above soccer. Oh, I would rather find a quarter, <laughs> a quarter on the street than have the soccer team win a championship. Like, uh, I could not care less about soccer. Like, I don't mind soccer, but it's more fun to trash on soccer than it is to be a fan. I'm just trying to think because like... I've actually got some soccer um, hate texts after we've bashed soccer so much. You know, this, really? Yeah. Well, keep them coming. We, we feed <laughs> off of your hatred. Uh, no, just I think because you know Washington D.C. has like this kind of legacy of sucking um, because the Wizards haven't been able to get out of like the second round or whatever. The Redskins have been trash for years. Um, who am I missing? Oh, the Nationals have never won a playoff series. The there was a hashtag that would trend every every year in the spring. It was hashtag Captain the second round because the Washington Capitals, aka the Caps, couldn't get past the second round either. And then last year they won, and everyone's and Washington sports people are like, yeah, we did it, like we the curse is lifted, and it's like, eh. yeah. like no disrespect to hockey, but like hockey counts as like a half championship in my book. John Wall's contracts more than the entire franchise <laughs> of the Caps, and I, maybe it's different in other places where hockey's bigger because I feel like hockey only really matters kind of like in the Northeast and Minnesota and yeah. our neighbors to the north, <laughs> um, but like. I just can't, like, I don't look at hockey. I, I like hockey, again, but I don't look at it with the same prestige as, as any of the big three sports. So I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. No Which idea why. Which you shouldn't be. I should tell you, um, I was reading, doing some hockey reading the other day. I don't know why. But they brought in what's called the dead puck era because they played this, like, super boring, it's called a neutral zone trap where you just put all your hockey guys in the middle of a hockey rink and just gum <laughs> everything up and no one scores. So I'd like to I'd like to just invite you, being a Steve Nash basketball kind of guy, to to bail on the New Jersey Devils. Well, the reason I'm a New Jersey Devils fan is because of backyard hockey, and that was always my team. So I felt like I can't. I'm not like you. I can't just jump around to teams. 
<laughs> I, I'm stuck in my ways and I'll never change. That's probably for the best, honestly. Now, actually, you need a little bit of emotional plasticity. There's our word of the, or our term of the week, emotional like plasticity. You can, your hatreds and your affections can shift with the tides. See, because this is like my problem with relationships is like first few weeks are great, but then the girl realizes. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about this? Anyways. We're going. You, you said we need to talk more about our personal lives, so here we go. <laughs> I was mistaken. Like, first month or whatever goes great, and then they realize there's no deeper level to me. <laughs> and it's just what you get is what you see. Well, first of all, you're a catch, so that's their problem, not yours. <laughs> and that's all I have to say on that matter. Internal change is overrated. I love the teams I love for no logical reason. Oh, no, you don't. Yeah. I would switch. Tim, Tim, Tim's actually a pretty smart guy. I don't give him enough credit for that. <laughs> uh... Just, do, they, do they even listen? I think they do. Um, but Tim said, like, I was telling Tim why he shouldn't hate a team or something like that. And he goes, he's like, look, hatred is not ra- hatred does not have to be rational. Oh, I do remember this kind of shit. Yeah, and so, well, like, you know what? That is, that is very wise. Like, if you hate someone, like, go ahead and do it. Just, yep, you it don't have need, to. doesn't need to be rhyme or reason either. Fandom does not have to have analytics to back it up. Well, if you think about it, like, investing as much as we do in sports is really, really stupid because it's, like, people who you don't even know, you'll never have any connection with, you can't control the outcome. But we do it anyways. So, like, because that's so irrational, I guess everything that follows should be irrational, too. Yep. Which is why we're here. We're here to bring balance to everything. Bring balance bring to the... the... Never mind. <laughs> almost made a Star Wars reference, and that would have been, that would have been <laughs> shameful. We would have been kicked off the air by our producers. <laughs> I was watching the fourth Harry Potter movie, so you'll enjoy this. The it, hair in that movie is so bad. Yeah, it's by far the worst hair movie. It is so bad. And a lot of people hate the fourth and fifth ones. Like, that's their least favorites, um, just because the characters are whiny little teenagers, like, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not my point. It's, I think Victor, uh, what team Vic- does Victor Crumb play for? What do you mean, what team? The, is the Quidditch he, team. He, uh, Bulgaria. Okay, Bulgaria. I love Harry Potter, by the way. If it, Harry Potter, best books ever written. Yeah, I can't believe Bulgar- the Bulgarians did not make Victor Crumb sit out for the Quidditch Triwizard Tournament. Because, I mean, he risked his health for that, and he's their go-to seeker. I mean, but they're probably it, paying like, him a hefty chunk. Is it like every, is it every four years, though? I don't remember... I'm going to have to read this, like dig, he, dig in the book. If it's every four years, it's okay, because it's the summer after, so he has, you know, three and a half years to recover, right? Okay. If he does get hurt. So I mean, it's kind of like the World Cup, where they only play four years. I'm, just, I'm assuming. It might be every year. I don't know. I don't think so, because they talk about, in the book, they talk about how it's like a special occasion, and Ron's dad had to get, like, the tickets from the ministry and, and okay. all that jazz, so... I think it's right. probably every So, so that's probably time. why he could compete in it because he wasn't professionally played for it. It was more of a Olympic type <clears throat> national thing. Uh, I don't think there's like a, a Harry Potter, a Wizarding World NCAA. So. <laughs> okay. He's probably okay. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the ministry was in charge and taking a cut off of that, though. Well, Fudge freaking sucks. Fudge, I is, know. Fudge is like, I don't remember if it tells us if he dies or not, but he deserved to die. Yeah. That dude was cheeks as a minister of magic. Yeah, and then poor Rufus Scrimgeour takes over for him after and just gets murdered. Like, yeah, they did, they did no, him dirty. He had no chance. Like, Fudge, man. Fudge just sucks. And I I mean, that was the redeeming thing was that um, Kings, Kingsley? Kingsley Shacklebolt. He's dope and One of perfect the minister of magic. I, that was probably my favorite part at the end was finding out, like in that blog, finding out that he was the minister. Got skills, something like that. I haven't watched the You movies. may not like him, minister. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched those movies in so long. I remember one time, like, there's a group of kids in my neighborhood. This is forever ago. But we tried to sit down and like watch all the movies in order. 
And after like two and a half movies, I grabbed some of the guys. I'm like, let's go play basketball. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> the process to be able to like marathon them out. Like it's 19 hours, something like that. That's 22. crazy. And yeah, you, you have to definitely stick it out. Uh, there's no way. Um, but uh, I'll just keep going on this tangent. <laughs> um, I think it's official to say that the golden age of it, the end of Game of Thrones, I guess... The way the Game of Thrones ended marks the end of the golden age of television. The golden yep. age of television is now over. Well, what we else peaked. did we have? What else did we have during the golden age of television? Breaking Bad, so which well, you didn't okay. even like. I know. <laughs> gosh. Also, shout out to Brian Cranston won his second Tony um, on Sunday night for the network. Proud of him. He's always that man is just so talented. Oh my goodness. Yeah, anyway, take your word for it. <laughs> Had the Wire, Sopranos, the. I'm just naming HBO shows. Band of Brothers, Dexter had a bad ending, but that was good. Fargo, I think, is great. At least the first few seasons of Fargo. And then you also had the movies that were really good. I mean, more Coen Brothers films. You're looking at the best Dark Knight, uh, the best Batman trilogy. Quentin Tarantino, hopefully, if Quentin Tarantino can what, bring it back once, once upon, upon a time in Hollywood, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. I have no idea what's going to happen in it. Which is good because you don't want to, like... Some, tra- yeah. some trailers will, like, ruin the movie. But that one, you're like, I yeah, don't know. Tra- I have no idea what's going on, but I want to a know. A stuntman, an actor, and Charles Manson. How's that go together? I don't know, but... Should be good. Can't wait. Megamind is more than an animated film. It's a cult. Megamind is a cult. Well, it's not... See, cult classic is kind of like a... It's kind of like a backhanded compliment. That's Because fair. it means... Because okay. when it's a cult classic, it's like, it was bad, but people latched onto it for some reason. And I feel like Megamind transcends that. Okay, it's a... Megamind is an iconic film that's never got its due because the world sucks. <laughs> it created the entire complexity of the Marvel Universe in one movie. <laughs> I like that. It's also Will Ferrell's best movie. I don't think that's up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a banger of a soundtrack. Um, it was another case of the trailer not ruining the movie because the trailer was like, oh, it's going to be Brad Pitt versus Will Ferrell. Uh-huh. And then Brad Pitt's in like 10 minutes of the movie. So that was great. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's a good Jonah Hill performance. Probably his best, that too. One of the, <laughs> just, Tina Fey's best performance. Um, I'm trying to think girls. who else is in pretty, there. Can I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> Someone stamp my frequent kidnapping card. <laughs> you of all people should know we can, we discontinued that promotion. Oh, but yeah, the dude who plays Minion. I don't even know his name. David Cross. Literally the only thing I've ever seen him in is I think she's the man. He's in so many weird things. I, I like David Cross. Just oh, he's, he's a, a, a weird a guy. She's the Man is a good movie, too. It feels weird for me to say that. but That is a weird thing for you. That, that does not come on brand for it you. It is completely off brand, <laughs> but I'm full of surprises. Yeah, look at your levels. I'm caught up in my cranium. It's got me feeling quite clueless. Just some meditation ain't working. So I'm about to lose it. Caught up in my cranium. It's got me feeling quite clueless. That ever's got a new... I've heard it both ways.